Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Kong Song with Believe in SDSU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's a place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this episode, we're going to talk all things Steve Fisher, how he got to San Diego State, and obviously the great things he accomplished while at San Diego State. So without further ado, here we go. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to drop a question either on any of our social media uh, profiles or questions in the ratings for the podcast. So the most impactful coach in Aztec history, the winningest coach in Aztec history, the one that propelled San Diego State into the upper tier of mid-majors, Mr. Steve Fisher. It's going to be a all things Steve Fisher podcast episode today. Um, we obviously know what he's been able to accomplish while he was coaching at the Mesa, but I wanted to talk about sort of some life events that led him to be at San Diego State. So we're going to go ahead and just dive right in. As any biography or historical podcast episode begins with a birthday, Mr. Steve Fisher was born March 24th, 1945. He played basketball at Illinois State from 1965 to 1967, guiding the Redbirds to the Final Four of the 1967 NCAA College Division Basketball Tournament. Now, if you look that up, that technically is not the same as the current version of the NCAA Tournament, so you may not see that on any Illinois State record per se um, in relation to NCAA Tournament appearances, even though literally NCAA basketball and tournament are part of this uh, name. But nevertheless, uh, he guided his college team to the Final Four in his last season, and the school hasn't gotten closer to winning any postseason tournament ever since. So it doesn't matter if it's NIT, NAIA, NCAA, anything else in between, between 1967 and 2020. Illinois State has not gotten any closer um, also, side note, Redbirds is, in my opinion, rather a strong name for a college basketball team. I mean, there's so many, you know, Eagles and Falcons and Golden this and um, Blue that, and you don't. But you don't hear a lot of Redbirds. So, shout out to the Redbirds. Uh, after his playing career, I think he started his coaching career a few years later in 1971, coaching Rich East High School in Illinois. And a fun fact of that is a famous alumni who came by to play in that high school a couple years after um, Coach Fisher left was a man by the name of Craig Hodges. And for those NBA fanatics out there, a sharp shooter, a sharp shooting guard, uh, most prominently known as uh, one of Michael Jordan's teammates in the uh, golden era of the Chicago Bulls. And as a recent a uh, frequent player of 2K, I want to say that his 
His jump shot is quite pure and it translates into the digital console era. But after coaching uh, high school for about eight years, he got an assistant job, assistant coaching job at Western Michigan at, in 1979, eventually moved into an assistant coaching job at Michigan at 1989 before becoming the head coach. Now, uh, for those who may not be familiar with the story, the way he became the head coach is quite interesting and quite unique. So then coach Bill Frieder, I think during the last week of the 1989 regular season, agreed to take the head coaching job at Arizona State. And when he told the athletic director then, Bo Schembechler, who was a very prominent, I believe, football coach for Michigan and a really well-known uh, and proud man, I think he was quoted as saying, an Arizona State coach is not going to coach Michigan, and Michigan men will coach Michigan. And he fired him a week before the end of the season. I mean, you know, hindsight being 2020, obviously we see coaching changes happen all the time across all levels and rumors and, you know, I think the most prominent thing that I can think of right now is just during like the Super Bowl, for example, there's a lot of rumors about teams allowing certain assistant coaches interview for head coaching spots. And there's a lot of debates on shows like First Take about is that a distraction to the team? What would you do if you're the manager or the general manager or the president of football operations? You know, these things happen all the time. It's a business. Everybody's got to take care of themselves and their family first. So it's not out of the ordinary for somebody to agree to take another position contingent on starting the next season. But, you know, Bo and the University of Michigan, it's a proud group of alumni and they didn't stand for it. So if you can imagine, if you're in Steve Fisher's uh, shoes, you're presumably during the last week of the regular season going through your typical weekly practice schedule. You host a practice, you watch some game film, you break it down with the players, you run through it with the practice squad, you practice against uh, the opponent's offense and talk about defensive schemes, and then you run drills, et cetera, et cetera. And one day your head coach just isn't there anymore and you're told okay it's your job to now lead the team so he's been a head coach or he's been an assistant coach in michigan for some time now now he's being told that this last week and heading into the postseason it's your responsibility to bring the best out of these players and he was named interim coach in in a very store storybook hollywood style type of uh, writing or twist he they Michigan won the whole damn thing like he was the 1989 NCAA champion Michigan Wolverines I mean they beat the likes of Xavier Xavier South Alabama North Carolina Virginia Illinois and then beat Seton Hall in the finals to win the whole thing I mean you look back at those rosters North Carolina was ranked fifth i believe overall in the country had a player by the name of rick fox who had a really great career with the lakers then illinois had players like nick anderson who most notably was on the magic kendall gill 
most notably on the Nets. You have these guys, these teams that had very prominent NBA talent and somehow, some way, Steve Fisher did it. And to be fair, it wasn't completely all the Steve Fisher. Uh, Glenn Rice went on an incredible offensive streak during this six-game NCAA run, tournament run, scoring 23, 36, 34, 32, 28, and 31 to win the chip. And that you just don't hear that in college basketball. I mean, in college basketball, given 20-minute halves, you know, adjust the shot clocks, um, relaxed. You know, there's not necessarily, I don't think there's a defensive three seconds, a lot of teams running zone. You have a, a wider spread of talent just based on the number of schools in the country. You're not going to see these scoring numbers combined with the spotlight of an NCAA tournament like this. I mean, this is an, it was an incredible run. And by capping off his interim coaching year as champs allowed him to be a, a, a bit of trivia history where he became the only person to win the NCAA tournament without experiencing a loss as the head coach. So given the success, Boshan Beckler named him the permanent head coach and he proceeded to, to um, coach for the next several years, including the incredible Fab Five run starting in 1991 and Joan Howard, um, most notably Joan Howard and Chris Weber and Jalen Rose. Obviously, they... Went through their ups and downs. Everyone knows about the tournament uh, or the timeout by Chris Webber. And then after that, they just couldn't quite make it back to the Final Four. Everyone went pro. Uh, they struggled. And in 1997, there was an investigation launched after a man by the name of Ed Martin, who was ev eventually found for running an illegal gambling and money laundering scheme gave money to Chris Webber in the sum of like six figures plus and which Steve Fisher apparently gave him complimentary tickets to a game. And eventually, I think it was in early 2000, 2003, the NCAA finally ruled that while Coach Fisher was not going to be convicted of any wrongdoing, he was ultimately responsible for providing Ed Martin with access to the players and sort of led to the whole shebang, so to speak. So as a result of that, he was fired in 1997 when the initial findings were uh, released, I believe. And a couple of years later, after a assistant coaching stint with the Sacramento Kings, he was hired on by San Diego State in 1999, where he just coached there for 18 years until 2017 and the rest is history i mean we all know what he's been able to accomplish at the mesa there's a lot of i mean there's a damn court named after him you know his coaching tree is continues to carry on his legacy and his teachings and his philosophy and we see that in coach dutch we see that in coach hudson over at fresno state and we see that in his son who's an assistant coach at san diego state Continuing on the success, continuing on the Steve Fisher way. Defense, rebounding, spot, spotly shooting, or timely shooting, I was trying to say. 
Um, smart play, passing the ball, long, athletic wings, versatile bigs, um, steadfast and smart point guards. I mean, that's just the Steve Fisher model right there. He coached the Aztecs to a overall 386 to two and 209 record. So 386 wins, 209 losses, 14 winning seasons, eight NCAA tournament appearances, including two sweet 16 appearances. And if you factor in what he's been able to accomplish at Michigan, that's six Sweet 16 appearances. He's won four conference tournament, has won or had a piece of 10 conference titles. And as of 2017, spent a total of 66 weeks in the AP Top 25. And I believe there's the amount of schools or coaches that spent more time in the AP Top 25 than Coach Fisher is you can count that in one hand. Um, this guy is the man. I mean, this okay. So a funny story, and I, I guess it's not funny to me, but you know, whatever. So I like a lot of people had a dream. I'm gonna say I'm gonna start with dream, and the goal of obviously trying to play basketball at the highest level that one can play basketball at. I went to a school that <laughs> didn't get basketball into their junior year, but that didn't deter me from dreaming. And just to give you context, um, junior year, we got first or senior year, my senior year of high school, we only played four games prior, got a new head coach. The head coach started making calls. Hey, can we play against your team? Is there a schedule opening in your schedule? calls a school uh, the, by the name of Campbell Hall. And we the coach calls them, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a new head coach here playing these kids. We're at Division 5 in California. Wondering if you wanted to scrimmage or find some time where we can get together. The head coach at Campbell Hall at the time says, listen, we're back-to-back state champs, and we have two guys by the name of Aaron and Drew Holiday." And my coach, I just remember him list after hearing that just goes, thank you for your time and clicks and hangs up the phone. And I just kind of stood up and walked away. And that was that. That's just to provide context of the level of basketball that I was playing at. So taking that into San Diego State, I, you know, I emailed Coach Fisher asked him if there's anything I can do to be a part of the program, if there's tryouts, not necessarily expecting anything to take place, you know, but I would rather try and say nothing happened and always wonder what if. And much to my surprise, he actually responded to my email and he just mentioned he went the gentleman's way, he said, thank you for your interest. We have a full roster. We don't unfortunately have any spots available, um, but if there's any tryouts scheduled you'll be the first to know and that was that and that made that was enough for me to feel like he listened and he really like genuinely took it serious as opposed to just laughing till i laughing it away or whatever because he easily could have done that and i certainly would have expected that to happen but nevertheless that happened he the tryouts happened i went didn't work out too well but you know what big game practice player for the women's team and 
there it is, became an Aztec for life, just like that. So I don't know what would have happened if he responded negatively or just didn't respond at all. But the fact that he reached out and said it in a way that really made me feel legitimate for even asking built the confidence up for me to just even get out there and even go to the tryouts even though there were a lot of players that were a lot better than me taller than me faster than me stronger than me it gave me that confidence to go give it a shot and that then led into having this great experience with the women's team and seeing these girls that I practice with get drafted play overseas and just seeing them upset teams and just sort of getting excited about that, that led to me meeting, you know, a few guys on the practice squad. And then I became, later became roommates with one of them, went to one of their weddings. Like it just took a singular event and certain events, you know, fold, unfolded after in such a way that really has had a great impact in my life. And if there's any way that I can really provide context for the the type of man that Steve Fisher was, was perceived to be, was talked about across the board from anybody at Michigan to anybody at San Diego State to anybody probably at Western Michigan all the way to Illinois State, is that he was always a man of character. He was always a man who made sure that you felt heard and we really get to see the impact of his legacy now. And it's definitely not going to stop now. It's going to continue because who knows who's going to come from the Coach Dutch coaching tree. Who knows who what's going to come from the Coach Hudson coaching tree. Who knows what Kawhi is going to do in the few coming seasons. You know, all these unanswered what-ifs all stem from Steve Fisher. So, Mr. Fisher, if you ever listen to this at all, Thank you for everything you've done for the Aztec basketball community. Shout outs to you. And um, that's pretty much in this episode. I mean, it, hopefully it's a it's a feel-good episode for people to listen to, especially during these times. But I genuinely feel, you know, I don't know where Aztec basketball would be without Steve Fisher. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you like the episode, please feel free to rate and subscribe to us. We're available on iTunes and anywhere else you can get your podcasts. We You can reach us at Believe.com if you have any questions or would like to advertise. We're also on at Believe Sports. I'm your host, Kongson. I am at N-A-S-G-N-A-K. And until next time, go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.